Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? And welcome to episode 21 of the FIGHT podcast. Yes, I am your host, Serge Vicente. And I have a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to recap this past week's gigantic UFC card. We're going to discuss, is Daniel Cormier the GOAT? We're also going to talk about, is there a new and up and coming contender at middleweight? We're going to break this down. We're going to break down the amazing boxing and MMA cards that we have coming up this upcoming week. And we have an exclusive interview with top MMA heavyweight prospect Mohamed Usman. I'll introduce a new prospect alert and fighter focus, as well as our IG story poll results and my hot takes of the week. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website www.thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Purchase merch today. Um Today's show is fun, man. Uh, finally back in Chicago, back in our Chicago studios, having having a wonderful time uh, in L.A. Uh, I was in L.A. for about a week and a half, hanging out with my girlfriend down there who just moved to L.A. So we had a good time, did a little bit of the touristy stuff and a uh, whole lot more just chilling and unpacking and all kind of like regular domestic stuff man but uh it's a good time i love the city um did try to work on the podcast a little bit while i was out there um try to take a couple meetings and even uh well we recorded an episode out there episode 20 it was recorded out there but um try to do a couple interviews Internet connection and everything, the Wi-Fi was kind of trash on where I was. But uh, I I had an interview with, you know, Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson, who um, recently fought uh, CM Punk at the UFC here in Chicago. Um, Super interesting dude. Uh, You know, we had a great conversation. It was like a 35-minute interview. And once I got done, I went ahead, you know, hit save. Everything was great. At least I thought it was. 
open my computer up the next day, have no clue where the uh, interview went. Uh, so I got to like man up and call him again and say, hey, bro, like my bad. Uh your interviews disappeared. Do you mind talking to me for another like 35 minutes and saying all that stuff over again? <laughs> but uh, regardless, man, it was a cool interview. It was a cool talk. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that back with uh, Mike Jackson. But uh, LA is a great city. We're, I was down there for the 4th of July. Um, down there hunting the beach for, uh, sitting on the beach, watching the fireworks, you know, with, you know, my lady and you know, some friends and everything. It was a great time. Uh, love the city. Can't wait to go back, but, uh, happy to be home, uh, in Chicago, you know, with Nico, my, uh, my, my little 30 pound Little black dog. I have no idea what kind of dog he is. Neither do the doctors. But uh, all in all, you know, glad I'm back home with the little homie. And uh, back in the studios doing this for you guys. So uh, this week, I did have the pleasure of speaking with Mohammed Usman, who's one of MMA's top young heavyweight prospects. You're going to love this interview. Uh, we spoke about so much from his transition from being a D1 superstar football player to MMA and uh, everything from even his brother uh, Kamara Usman who's a UFC contender and just life in general he's a great dude Uh, I hope you enjoy this interview with Muhammad Usman on the fight podcast boom man my, dude, my bad. I don't know why it took so long, man. <laughs> nah, you're good, bro. No problems at all, man. Man, how's everything going tonight, man? Man, everything's going great, man. How's everything going with you? Oh, man, everything's going great, man. Uh, you know, it's Monday. What can I say? <laughs> exactly. No, no words, man, for sure. Definitely, man. Well, hey, brother, first and foremost, man, thank you so much for, uh, for, for chopping it up with me for a little bit today, man. No problem, man. No problems at all. Yeah, man. So, um, like I said, uh, the the podcast itself, man, for myself was a, was a way to show the world essentially that you know fighters and we're just not all meatheads, you know. Because a lot of times yeah. when people look at us, they they just see cage fighters. They don't actually have, I don't know what the wherewithal or just the integrity to actually look in and actually see like most guys who are competing in this sport are college educated you know are like brilliant guys and not only are they brilliant guys they're really cool dudes you know and ladies yeah i'm not putting that out there you know but uh but uh so what i want to do man i I literally i just want to i'm gonna ask you questions now granted you're you're a beast in mma Three or one, like I said, I know you. You, you know you played ball. Uh, you played football at Arizona State or Arizona, should I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I ain't gonna make that mistake, brother. I apologize. I almost nah, did. Nah, yeah, you good, <laughs> good, bro. And um, and well, first and foremost, man, for yourself, and this is really the the, the extent, I guess, of the MMA talk for us for me. But um, how for you? How was that transition, man? From you know from playing football and going from football to MMA, man. How was that transition for you? Man, uh, I mean, at first, man, the transition was tough, you know, yeah. not not saying I naturally, I naturally transitioned over pretty well, but it was tough when uh, getting accustomed to the, the different training and exercises and, and uh, the different, 
obstacles my body had to go through to get into MMA shape. That's right. the only thing I can honestly say was really tough about it. Me transitioning my skills, per se, from football to MMA was fairly easy. Right. You know what I mean? Because I was in situations where I could just be strong and pick somebody up and do, you know what I mean, do some of the football things. Right. When, when it comes to, like, the cardio and the, the different workouts from kickboxing to mm -hmm. Muay Thai to jiu-jitsu, you know what I'm saying, to wrestling, it was just so much that my body wasn't used to it. And it, and it threw my body off, you know, it almost threw my body off kind of and uh, sent my body on a whirlwind until it finally, you know, recognized that, okay, this is what we're doing now. Right. And then, you know what I mean? And, and then it just started flowing a little better. Yeah, and I'm sure for yourself, man, and, and I mean, just being already a great athlete, I mean, playing football, you know, th at that level that you played at, you know, D1 ball, you're going to be an incredible athlete as it is. So I'm sure for yourself, you know, being able to utilize those skills and just the mechanics that, you know, most people probably don't have, you know, you, that probably helped that transition for you. No, nah, it, it, it definitely did, man. And uh, I can honestly say that's really where I'm still at with, you know, still kind of chipping away, you know, three and one. You know, I, I mean, I'm not proud to lose, but it helps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. In my career, too, man, I can honestly say that loss helped me more than anything else. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it gave me something else that I ain't have yet, you know, mm -hmm. fighting MMA. Okay. And, uh, and, and, I, and I can honestly say that uh, I'm still learning, you know what I mean? Because I have so many skills that I haven't learned to utilize yet in right. MMA. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, a lot of my football skills, a lot of my easy, the talent, the stuff that come natural to me that I haven't been able to convert to MMA yet is, is you know, I'm still learning how to hone all that and, uh, and really transfer all my power and all my skills from football mm -hmm. to be able me you know in the cage right right well that's i'm glad you said that man because actually i'm going to segue into this next question is pretty much like you're seeing you're already saying how you've seen the benefits of you know taking your first l and yes, so man. Uh, trust me mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so how have you, have you like, has any other failures or things like that, like, set you up for later success? How have you seen those failures in your past? How has those type of things and the way you pretty much overcome those things helped you with, like, this situation now? Oh, man. Like, in football, you know? Yeah. You know, none of us, we never losing. So losing is something that, that hurts the soul, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, don't like losing because you put so much effort, you know, you put so much training, so much effort, so much time into all of all of that stuff. You don't like losing, man. Oh, bro, I've been and, there, uh, man. I got dropped with a body shot once, and I was like, oh, dude, I had my homies in the crowd and everything, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I already feel you, and that's why, you know, it just made me even hungrier, you know? It made me train harder. It made me, you know, because at the end of the day, the guy came with a good, you know, he came with a good plan for me. He's watched right. film. He's He's seen that I'm a big, strong, powerful guy. Mm -hmm. He he stayed on the outside. He he threw his punches. He ran, you know. So I give it to him. Kudos to him. You know what I right. mean. But it showed me a different. It, it, it showed me a different aspect of the of the sport, you know. And uh, and it showed me the, the where I got to get better at, you know. And that's the thing when you when you go get somebody that uh, exposes your uh, exposes basically you know I'm new to the sport mm -hmm. so they, they try to you know when they expose different attributes that only makes me better right instantly after the loss I felt better right dude that's that's such a great way to look at it man because I mean there was like you there's like zero sulking in it it's just like alright look it happened how can I pretty much take that exactly. and, and just kind of evolve and I mean that seems like exactly. that's pretty much how you kind of just seems like that's kind of how you do your day to day life also right 
Exactly. Yeah, man, exactly. You know, we all go through things day to day that uh, we have to overcome, man, and uh, that are tough. But you know what I mean? But, you know, you just got to just have faith. You know, you got to right. have good faith and, and, and just know that everything is going to everything is always going to work out. Right. Definitely, man. Well, here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to switch it up to something a little bit more light, man, <laughs> in that case. Because I, I love where we're going. But like I said, I want to I want to kind of change the questions a little bit. So for yourself, man, in the last five years. Uh, or should I say, you know, uh, what's like one of the b- best investments you've made of under $100 in the last like six months? Oh, man. In the last six months, under $100? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a year, man. In the last year. I would have, I would have to say, I would have to say, I would have to say massages. Okay. I would have to say massages. You know, if we try to go under 100 bucks, man, I would have to say massages. I'm not even going to lie to you. Because uh, I have my guy, Jared, you know, he'll do them for 50 That's what's $50. up. <laughs> he'll, he'll give you an hour. He might give you an hour 30 for $50, depending on how he feeling that day. Oh, you bro, know? that's that's love, but, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I can honestly say those are that's probably been my best investment. And, uh, you know what I mean? Just getting those massages and relaxing right. those muscles, man. How do you People feel don't like realize those... how important they are? How do you feel like that helps with your recovery, man? Because I know from time to time, man, I definitely have to get, you know, massages to, like, break it up a little bit, man. But how do you man, feel like that's it, helped it, with your it, recovery? It helps. It helps. Them. It helps. It makes wonders because it, it gets blood flow flowing yeah. through your body because you get so many tight muscles that, you know, blood flow not going through there because nah. it's so tight in there, you know what I mean? Right. So he, has to, he loosens everything up and keeps everything working as one, you know? Right. And uh, and that speeds up recovery times a hundred. You know, yeah. being able to being able to have all your blood flowing through all your veins, flowing through all different parts of your body. You know, and uh, and that, that's one thing I can honestly one of the best things I can say I invested in is my body. You know, right. being able to take that time to give your body that treatment to to, to last. Yeah. Now, is you this know, something that you've been doing like throughout your entire career, or is this something that you've like recently started to implement? No, I've always did it through my career, but as as I started fighting more, at like as it got realer more and more, then you realize that yeah, you know your body. Oh, you know, yeah. Your After body those hard training sessions, man, I know you were like, yo, I gotta do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like it's different than football. Football, don't get me wrong, I get home, I'm sore, and it, it, you, then you come back the next day and do it over again. Right. Yes, you get home and you sore. That muscle not gonna move until somebody get in there. Right, right, oh, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you take a solid couple solid leg kicks, bro. You you're done for a couple days. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's why you know that it started, and it helps me be able to even train longer. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, and go longer, and that's really where it is. You want to be able to stay in the game. Absolutely. You know, you go a whole week and your body will be so messed up that you can't go any longer. Okay. You know, but with massages now, you'll be able to go another week and another week. So, you know, under $100, I would I would definitely say the massages. All right. So that's under $100, man. So how about for what is the one of the best, most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Aside from, like I said, putting the, the you know the, the investments in your body there, but what 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 is something else that's been one of like the best investments just worthwhile throughout your life? Uh, I, I took a trip to Jamaica. It's dope. You know, I, I can honestly say, you know, I've I've had a lot of stuff, took you know, buy a lot, whatever, but you know, just being able to get out of the country, yeah, and get to another environment and and seeing and seeing how they live out there mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
you know what I'm saying? And just just being able to get away and, and detach from your everyday life Absolutely. and go to a different environment, man. I think and that that helped me refocus my mind because, you know, that was really after my loss. You know, I right. went to Jamaica. I went I went there for about three days, refocused my mind and just kind of got away from everything, man. And uh, it helped me. And, you know, it, it really helped me. And, and it was worth every every dollar. That's what's up, man. Uh, what part of Jamaica did you go to? Montego Bay. That's what's up, man. I, I went to Jamaica. Uh, I was on a cruise with my lady. We, we, okay. we went, Yeah, we were there for a couple of days, man. It was a good time, man. It, 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 yeah. You know, like I know what you mean. Going over there and just like it's, it's a whole different just atmosphere, you know, especially yeah. disconnecting, you know, from especially being like yeah. in a city or something. It's great. Exactly. And, that, and that's it. I'm see, I'm different like me. Like I feel like after each fight, I take I got to go somewhere. I got to right. completely disappear, you know, for at least a couple of days to a week, you know, you know, even if you go disappear in your in your in your house, you know, what yeah. I, mean? I like to I like to completely just disappear, you know, from from the grid, you know, what I mean, for right. a couple of days to refocus my mind because people don't understand. Like after that fight, I really sat back and thought about it. Like I was training six months, not even four months, mm-hmm. five months leading up into that fight yeah. for 15 minutes. And that was it. And yeah. after that 15 minutes, it's like, that's it. You got to go back training and get another one and do it again. And I'm just like, wow, you do all this training for 15 minutes. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So how long till uh, till you pretty much after that that loss? I mean, how long did you got back in the gym? Like, was it like a couple yeah. days you were like, this sucks, you were down and yeah, out, or did you go right a, back I, into it? I took a solid week, man. I took a just kind of just though. soaking it up. You know, I took a solid week, kind of just let my body kind of come back down. You know, the adrenaline mm-hmm. washed out. And, uh, you know, kind of just came back down and earth to earth, you know, watched the film over again, you know, watched over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, and then and then just just see exactly what different parts of that fight where, you know, I could have done better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then just went back to work. That's what's up, man. So wait, are you you're in Texas now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, you train in Texas. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Hey, man, there's some the whole lot. I feel like there's a whole lot of heavyweights and out there in Texas, man. You can work with, man. There's a gang of like gnarly dudes out there, man. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I need them. I'm yeah. <laughs> you know because it's 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 a hard it's hard out here for heavyweight, man. When you try to look for other heavyweights to spar with, it's yeah. almost like it's so competitive that I feel like some of them don't even want to spar with you. Ah, because, I can see that. You know because you potentially going to end up fighting. Them. Yeah, so, especially know, so. guys that are like big and athletic and stuff. It's probably hard to come by, especially dudes like your size. I mean, it's, it has to be crazy to find, you know, just sparring partners. That's how you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. hear you good okay. now. Yeah, no, I was saying it just must be crazy to find like sparring partners and stuff like that. Just being, you know, as many there, there can't be that many big guys just laying around. <laughs> no, not at all, man. I'm, I've gotten used to it now. Like, you know, I've gotten used to guys being 205. Yeah. Like, how much you weigh? Oh, 217. Okay, you go with Mo. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Dude, but that you has know? to be great for your, uh, for just your speed and explosion, explosion yeah, also. No, that- it, 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 it really, it, it is. It helps me a lot in, in terms of that, you know, and then, uh, you know, I've been training down there at 4 to 7 May, right. you know, and then um, they have a lot of tall guys too, you know. I want to I want to get used to going against a six five six six guy, you know what right. I'm saying? Because that helps me work my range and when the, when a strike come in, come out, you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know? And that's really big, man, because my last opponent was pretty tall and it was hard to find tall opponents, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong about being tall, but when you're in the fight, 
you know, when you're in a fight and, and you're not used to the distance, right. I guess somebody that's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know what I'm saying? And you're not used to closing that distance and coming out of there, it's just right. a different ball game because the punches don't necessarily land with any power, but mm -hmm. they land. Right. You know, and, and you know this game, they're going to score. They're going to score what's going to land. You know, yeah. so, you know, so I, I definitely, that helped me. And, you know, so I've been getting good work coming in and out of distance. You know what I mean? Being okay. able to land those punches on a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guy and getting out of there before they can, you know what I'm saying? They can throw their strikes. Mm -hmm. So that, that was really one of my biggest, uh, biggest factors, you know, and just, just being able to come in and out of range. Dude, and I'm sure, you know, uh, with football, I mean, that your footwork there has to help with your in and out movement and stuff. I mean, yeah. that, that has to really correlate for you. No, nah, it does. It, it does in a way of I'm explosive, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it just has to, I have to just tie it all into boxing as well, you mm -hmm. know? Being able to being able to bounce, being able to be on my toes and go in and out. You know, football is more explosive. You you, you really put everything you got in the yeah. ground and explode through somebody. Yeah, yeah. Here you got to be a little light. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Light is a feather almost. Being able to bounce and move light. You know, football I can just be explosive and run through people. This yeah. I got to be light on my toes, being able to bounce around. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to be nimble. Absolutely, know? man. Hey, man, that's what you got dudes out there taking ballet classes and stuff man hey i understand well, man, it <laughs> I, might need to, I might need to look into it you know but you know but uh you know but i just i just been i just been in the gym man and uh just trying to get my boxing better you know that's what's I up. Feel like i feel like if, if i get my boxing footwork better man everything else will line up because i'm a good grappler already mm -hmm. i just been trying to just up my boxing man up my boxing up my boxing okay you know not always think to take down yeah. You know what I mean? I'd always think to uh, go for the takedown, be able to sit in there in those situations when we just got to throw. Absolutely. Man, there's some great boxing in Texas right now. I mean, mm -hmm. some some of the camps, I mean, everybody from, like, the Charlo twins to, like, Earl Spence and those boys and everybody, yeah. I mean, the boxing in Texas is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of good work and coaches out there for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, I still work. I still work with Tony Cabello. You know, oh, he worked. Dope. He worked. He worked with uh, Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, you know, for a while he worked. You know, he worked with Razak and Al Hassan. Mm -hmm. He worked. You know what I mean? And like, he's he's really really good. You know, and it's just a. Uh, it's just really just consistency, you know? Right. And there's nothing else I can say about this sport and this game besides consistency. Absolutely. The more you do something, the better you're gonna get at it. That's true. Man, so how about, what have you heard? Now again, you've been in gyms and everything your whole life. What are some of the bad recommendations you hear, like, when people are trying to talk about somebody go, getting into MMA or like just in the gym, you've heard somebody say this and you're like, yo, that's terrible advice. Like, what is some of the worst advice you've heard? Uh. I mean, I, I just hear people, I just, I really don't even really pay attention to it, man, you know, because, because a lot of people will just talk about it, but you know somebody that's serious about getting to MMA. Right, You know, a lot right. of people, oh, you feel a fighter? Oh, I've been thinking about fighting, and, you know, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, man, I, I really want to get into it and, and do this and that, and I'm like, okay, cool, you know, and then, and then, and then two seconds later is, how do I do that? I'm like, uh, I think you, the first thing is first is look for MMA gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no that's too much. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, you know, so, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't really even pay attention to it like that, man. Like, I feel like, you know, all my environments, and that's one thing yeah. that I'm really, 
that's important for me is I, I don't just be at regular gyms. You know what I'm right. saying? Like my, my environment always consists of fighters, mm-hmm. always consists of people that are, you know, training to get up to the optimum level. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's about it. Not, you know, you never have those guys that come in and, and try to ask me for advice because that's what coaches for, mm-hmm. you know, or somebody, you know, if they come in looking around, you know, it's not it's not one of those gyms <laughs> where you can just come in like, oh, I want to do MMA. No, it's one of these, you come in and it's like, can we can we help you? Right, you know, and, right. And, and then it's like, yeah, I want to train MMA, and then culture take over from there. You know what right. I mean? It's never nothing that you'll just come in as a gym where somebody's just like, yeah, I want to do MMA and, and this and that. I'm like, you know, it's never that case. Yeah, you, you notice, I don't think people understand the work and everything that goes into it and to actually get into the point that you're training to the day you're actually competing. I mean, yo, you're not going to go from nothing to CM Punk. Like, they're not going to throw you out there with the wolves, man. They're not going to do that kind of stuff. No, for sure. It's you know? uh, it's a lot of training, man. I'm, I, I can, it's a lot of work that go into it. You know, like I, I can, I, I can't even lie to you. When I first changed, when I first made my the commitment to to start MMA, I had to quit my job. Mm-hmm. You know, the job that I had at the time, I had to quit it. You know, like mm-hmm. and you know, and, and that's one thing I really realized about the sport. The first couple of years, you're not gonna make nothing. Mm-hmm. No, not even a dime. Like you know, right. I, like I, I quit my job. You know, now now that I'm I finally got back into a rhythm, I can get a little side gig here and there to make some little extra money while I train. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had to I had to dive in the very at, at at the very beginning to be able to absorb everything to get my feet. You know what I mean? To get right. my feet rolling because it was just so much going on. I couldn't come in here and there and you know around a working schedule to be able to be like, oh, I'm training this today. I got to go work the rest of the week, though, and I'll be back next week. It right. never, you know, I you really got to go all in. Exactly. I yeah. went Monday to Sunday, you know, and then that's what helped me the most. That's why I, I felt confident enough and my coaches felt confident enough that I could go straight to pro, that I didn't right. need any amateur, you know, that I, I didn't need any amateur fights. Man, that's bananas, man, because most people, I mean, I, you always hear people saying, you know, they should have at minimum, like, four amateur fights. I mean, the yeah. fact that you, you pretty much jumped in there, I mean, just speaks volumes. You know, you know like, uh, I felt like the confidence, you know, that's the first thing for me, man, was, was my confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and that came from football, you know, playing at a very, very high level. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then my brother as well, you know, because uh, I remember his very first fight mm-hmm. in, in Nebraska. You know, he, you know, he trained for a while before he fought. Don't get me wrong. He probably had a lot of fights in the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he might be, you know, he might be 10 and 5 or he might be 10 and 5 or something. <laughs> I don't know. He had a lot of, you know, you had, he had a lot of sparring yeah, those, those gym wars, man. Ain't nothing yeah, to play he had with, a lot man. Of gym wars, you know, so I knew, and then he trained with a lot of good guys, so I knew he was physically ready. Oh, you yeah. Know I, mean? I mean, he trains he with killers with down there. And all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So Anthony Rumble, when he was hot, so I knew he, you know, he was physically ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and the, but the fact that he jumped in there, you know, head first was like, okay, you know, it can be done. Right. You know? so, right. So when I went to work, man, and then I got, you know, and my skills, I started honing some skills and I started getting better at it. And then I always had my wrestling background. Yeah. You know, and I just started getting better and better at it. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for it. And, they, you know, they threw me in there, you know, got me a good opponent. Yeah. I went in there, put away in the first round. And then uh, it felt like a movie. Yeah. After that, I was hooked. That's what's up, man. No, it's it, it's great, man. I, I think 
Everybody should at least know what it's like to step into like a ring or a cage and hear that click click, that click clack yeah, in a cage. Yeah, you yeah. look over like, oh, yo, this is real. Everybody not ready for that, man. Everybody <laughs> not ready for that. You know, and that's one thing that you have to realize about that sport too, man. It's you gotta go to you gotta go to a different place in your mind, man, to be able to 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 be able to really look around and know that you're really in there and you yeah. gotta fight this man and win and get out of there. Win or lose, you're gonna get out of there yeah. in some type of way. Yeah, you know. No, it's so, different, man. It's different, man. So, okay. It goes to a different place. Absolutely, man. So let me ask you this. I'll get a couple more things that we get you out of here, bro. I Really, again, I appreciate your time, man, being up here with me today, man. Really. No problem, brother. Definitely, man. So if you could have, a, like, a huge billboard, like, anywhere in the world with anything on it, like, metaphorically speaking, whatever, like, what would you put on there? If it, anywhere you could have any message to anybody, what would you have on the billboard? Be real. Okay, where would you put it? Where would you put put that that uh, that billboard? And why would you? And why? If I, I'm just, I mean, be real. I, I feel you, but why would you say be real? I'm just just everything that's going on in this world, man. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just with everything, man. With with the president, with uh, social media, with everything that's just going on in the world. You know, death that I'm seeing all around the world. Everything that's just going on. Even the, the rapper that was just killed in Florida. Yeah, uh, uh, XX, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Intestacion or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like when it was. Kid was like 20 years old, man. When you they when when they first happened, you were seeing videos like somebody was recording this man like in his car dead. There was one person helping him, and everybody else was recording. Yeah, that was, that's was crazy. Over there, and you know, back in the day, some people gonna rush into why somebody even put him in the car to drive him to the hospital. It, it, we, we've definitely gotten way too much into, I mean, people look at their phones, man, like this is like a simulation, man. People end it up is. getting hooked on this and I mean, they think that's reality. And what ends up happening is that people end up not not having, there's no empathy. You have exactly. zero empathy anymore. So. I'm like, I'm like, dude, shot head sticking out of his car window, and you record zooming in. Yeah. Awesome, man. I think that's Buddy. Like, dog, what's up? I'm, I'm like, man, why ain't somebody rushing this man to the hospital to save his life? This, this is Miami. You ain't no hospital 10, 15 minutes away. Nah. Nah, man. They could have rushed him there. You know, yeah. they, 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 they could have rushed him to the hospital and been there 10, 15 minutes. Man, yeah, he, he didn't have to go out like that, man. That, that's rough, but people definitely, I'm with you, man. People absolutely need to be real, and that needs to be in every city, like a billboard like that everywhere. Yeah, you know, that's that, what I'm like. You know, just good. be real. You know, people people don't want to be in real life no more. You know, so many people just want to be, be on the Internet. You know, you see everything going on. So many people just want to have fake lives. Yeah, man. You know, you, you put a picture of yourself on the Internet, look like you in shape. But on the internet, you're a fitness guru. Hey, you, man. You're getting paid now. Don't, don't, t- don't talk about those people that only give pictures with the heads, man. It's just like the head and the image, man. <laughs> or for those the angles. So, man, the internet, I'm telling people are making, people are paying their mortgages. Like, you know, the biggest, baddest dude to be on the internet is shape, talking about, I, I can do build, I can create plans for you, I can do meal prep plans, and you 300 plus pounds. You know, the internet is the internet is a different world. It's People crazy, are living man. in two worlds now. Bro, have you seen that uh that movie that just came out, Ready Player One? Oh I, man, that's a perfect example. That's it. It's just like that, man. Like yeah. it, as soon as you said it, man, that's why I was like, I had to ask you if you saw that movie, because that's exactly oh, what it man. is. People Bro, sit I, it there was a great movie, by the way, too, man. Great movie, yeah. by the way. Oh, it was but dope. It was a, 
it really showed us where this world is heading, though. Like, it's, oh, yeah. we, if we're, we're not, we're already there, but I'm talking, but that was on a different, uh, greater scale. Like, Man, it, I, I feel like it, that that is, like, closer than we think. It is. It is. Because people don't even want to live in real life no more. You know, yeah. you in the grocery store playing the game. You know, yeah. they in the grocery store playing player one. <laughs> right. You, you remember, you remember Cash with that, the, uh, the Pokemon Go? Muzzles running all over the crazy. place. <laughs> That was, you just going into different random stores trying to catch fake Pokemons. Yo, it, 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 it was hot for like a month, but it was still hot for a second, and people were definitely like getting hit by cars and jumping into random that's, people's yards. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was saying. Like, it's, it, it's, this world is just so senseless now, man. And, it's, uh, it's, and it, it sucks in a way when you just think about it. Like, man, everybody, like back in the day, it was just so much when you didn't have phones like that, where you had to, have to see, you had to actually... Be wait till you see them to be mad at them, bro. <laughs> we are the last generation. We the, we are the last generation. Like I'm 32, so you know what I'm saying. We're that last realm of generation that like remembers that. I vividly remember not having yeah. a phone. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, you no, know, not hey. even no pictures, black and white. Yep. You know, no, not even texting. <laughs> you know, being able to just being able to just sit on the phone all day and talk to somebody. You know, wait till the next day to see them. Not just FaceTime and uh, oh no, okay, I, I don't need to see you. I can just FaceTime you. You Dude, know, I, I remember when everybody thought that uh, that razor was fired. Like that that razor was like that was it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that razor was hot. I remember. <laughs> you know, up, bro, that Motorola. Yo, so look, last thing, man, I'm going to get you out of here, bro. Um, so what is an unusual or, like, the craziest thing that you love? I asked everybody I, this before I get everybody out of here. The craziest thing that I love? Yeah, the most unusual or craziest thing that is, like, that's your thing. You love it and it's crazy, it's wild, but that's yours. And you, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, oh man, this is just crazy, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. One of the most craziest, unusual thing that I love. That it's is mine. <laughs> it's just so, it's 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 so broad. I'm trying to, you know, it's such a broad field. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. What do I do that I know other people think is crazy? You know, it's just so broad. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to. So okay, so okay, we'll we'll bring we'll circle back to to fight related. What is some wild stuff that you do fight related that other people would be like? You know, whether it be preparation or something like that's that's something that you do that even other dudes are like, bro, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I have I have a full stretch routine that I do from playing football. Okay. It's about 15, 20 minutes, you know, and by the time I'm done with it, they think I'm in, I've been in a 10 round fight, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, by the time I'm done with it, I'll be in a 10 round fight, you know, so, and it take up so much time, I almost got to do it before I even get to the arena. Hey man, what, what you, you out there doing like high knees and whatnot, man? Yeah, I do, <laughs> I do, I do A skips, I do B skips, I do A runs, B runs, I do high knees, I do kickbacks, I do everything, I completely open the body up. There it you is, know, man. It's a, it's a dynamic warm-up, but at the same time, you know, I did it playing football, and it just kind of stuck with me all the way up to the fight game, you know? Well, that's what it is, man. There it is. I appreciate it, man. Well, hey, Mohammed, man, Mo, thank you so much, brother, for joining me today on the Fight Podcast. Um, anything you want to let, you know, the listeners and anybody, you know, how, how can they reach you? What do you Give me a last shout-out to them. 
Man, uh, appreciate everybody for listening, man. You know, they can reach me on my Instagram at umuhammad97 and, and also on my Twitter at, at umuhammad97, man. And, uh, you know, I just want to tell everybody, man, uh, you know, I appreciate, I just appreciate the time, you know. I just, Believe you know, just, we're just alive. Just appreciate <laughs> being alive, man. Appreciate breathing, you know. Appreciate being able to wake up and go train and, and love life and, and enjoy life, you know what I'm saying? Because so many Absolutely. people are just going, you know. And, uh, crazy. you know, one, and, and be able to live, you know, don't have no regrets, you know. So at least I know whatever happens with fighting, with life, with anything, I know that at least I, I don't have no regrets, you know. I got in there and fought. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely, I've done man. everything. I've done everything, I'm, you know. So it's just just keep living, you know. That's great, man. Well, hey, brother, good luck with everything in your career. Like, I'm doing, like, I'm trying to make a career out of doing this, man. So hopefully I'll be able to talk with you again in the future, man. And, uh, you know, definitely, you know, I'll be watching throughout your career, bro. Man, appreciate you, man. And, and uh, just keep going, man. I promise you, you know, I'm glad I'm glad we got to connect, man. Absolutely, Because man. I know my schedule is so crazy sometimes that you, you set all these up, but it's just so crazy that you, you don't, sometimes they don't connect. Yeah. It was perfect. That was, it was just perfect timing, man. Dude, way, man. It was meant to be, bro. Hey, <laughs> can I say? All right, brother. Well, I thank you again, brother. And uh, like I said, uh, like I said, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch base some point soon, man. Nah, no problem, man. And, uh, and then keep doing your thing. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. Be easy. All right, man. God bless. Yes, sir. Yo! You're listening to The Fight Podcast, and I'm Serge Vicente, and that was my interview with heavyweight prospect Mo Usman. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Mo is a great dude, and I appreciate his time. And yo, it's really great being here with you guys today. I have a lot of great shows still to come. I'll recap the historic UFC card this past weekend, 226, as well as break down the fight's for this upcoming weekend, not to mention we still have our prospect alert and fighter focus still to come. But before all that, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. Um, remember to follow or uh, sign up to Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the shows by checking us out on www.thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, uh, share. All the episodes are on iTunes and SoundCloud. And don't forget to purchase merch today. Um, yeah. Next up, we have our prospect alert. Prospect alert is where we show love to up and coming prospects who have the skills and the talent, but might not be a household name just yet. So this week, we're going to take time out to highlight future top MMA welterweight contender, Jaleel The Realist Willis. Record nine wins, one loss with four KOs. And now back to your host, Sergio Vicente, to tell us a bit more about this fighter. Boom, we're back. Um, yes, so this week we're going to take time out and highlight future top MMA welterweight contender, Jaleel the Realist Willis. Uh, with the record of 9-1, and one, he has five KOs. 
Yo, I'm a huge fan of this guy inside and outside of the cage. Um, he has two kids, which, I mean, look, a lot of guys have, you know, a couple kids. But the cool thing about this dude, he's only 26 years old and he adopted one of his kids, man. So that should just in essence tell you the type of good dude this guy is family man works a full-time gig and still gets it in uh, i'm a huge fan but this huge welterweight fighting out of memphis is relentless and that's something that i'd really love about his style he constantly comes forward in a fight um all action uh he's definitely has a grappling base solid solid jiu-jitsu um he's um and when not only does he have good jiu-jitsu he does a great job in chain wrestling so he pretty much you know goes from his striking to his wrestling back to his striking and i mean just brings everything together really really well um, with that being said, talking about his, his, um, his, <laughs> his grappling, this dude's KO power is incredible. He knocks out five out of his nine opponents, his nine wins. So out of his 10 opponents, half of them he put to sleep. Um, he recently won his last fight, um, with a devastating knee and he finished with punches in the very first round. I was super impressed by, by that performance in particular because it was coming off of his first career loss. So this dude, after getting a little, you know, little, you know, he had to defeat, you know, some bad times. He bounces right back, gets right back in there, takes on an opponent who's just as dangerous and does work. Um, big fan of people like that, those high character guys, those people who show and just, you know, bleed, have that heart. Uh, and again, I've talked about all the time, they had that dog in them. He's going to grind you out. He's going to beat you up because he's tougher than you are. And uh, that's why I'm a huge fan of uh, Jalil, the realist Willis. And um, yo, working currently on getting him on one of these upcoming episodes so i'm a huge fan of jaleel with jaleel willis uh, we're gonna continue paying attention to his career and he is our episode 21 prospect alert <laughs> boom that's a good one yeah dude, dude is an absolute monster um yeah, it's so many good guys and girls out there, and I really want to do my due diligence and really get it out there for everybody. Let people know that they're real fighters who are really doing it. They're not out there just, out, you know, trying to sell a fight by talking trash or throwing dollies through windows or, you know, wearing oversized suits, you know, with T-shirts underneath pushing people after they win a legitimate belt you know people like that <laughs> you know the, all the fake nonsense man i like talking about real athletes real you know fighters high character individuals who are doing work and truly represent the sport well man so you know hey you're listening to the fight podcast and i am your host serge vicente all right this past week ufc 226 aired on pay-per-view and took place at t-mobile arena in las vegas nevada anyway 
The car was head by headlined by the first, and this this is my opinion, but come on, man, it's the first actual super fight in UFC history. You had the light heavyweight champion, the current defending light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier, going up against and fighting who many believe is the best heavyweight fighter of all time, the longest reigning UFC three-time defending champion out of Cleveland, Ohio, Stipe Miocic. I mean, the, the, the stage was set. The crowd, the, the card itself was stacked, and I'll definitely get into that. But more importantly, yo, this... This fight, and I'm going to start from the top and I work my way down, but the super fight lived up to its billing, man. I loved it. Um, And it's crazy. The fight ended up so different than anybody could have imagined. So for those of us who don't remember or need a little bit of a refresher, Danny Cormier is the current 205-pound champion, but... Daniel Cormier also has experience at heavyweight. He actually is 14-0 as a heavyweight. 14-0 as a heavyweight with 11 KOs. The only reason he dropped to 205 is because his friend training partner and he was actually the coach of the UFC heavyweight champion at the time Kane Velasquez. Kane originally won the UFC championship belt from Brock Lesnar in 2010. So that's a little bit of history of uh, DC. Other thing about Daniel Cormier is this in his experience at heavyweight he ended up winning the Strike Force Heavyweight Tournament Grand Prix, which has some of the premier heavyweights of that era in the tournament. Alistair Overeem in his prime. You had um, Jake Barnett. I mean, just absolute monsters. Uh, Bigfoot Silva after he beat um Fedor Emelianenko Fedor Emelianenko you know so that tournament had some of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time and DC won that tournament not only did he win that tournament he won that tournament as an alternate so he came in at the end like filling in for somebody and ended up winning the whole thing so people i truly believe forgot how good DC was, especially because all that, you know, nonsense with John Jones. Um, and this was cool to see him jump up to heavyweight because this is something, as he has already stated, is outside of John Jones. It's something that is John is not even necessary to be a part of the picture. So this is a part of his own legacy. And I love that. So DC um, goes out here and has to fight Stipe Miocic. So again, for those who don't know Stipe, Stipe is one of, if not the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. Out of all the great champions in the UFC, Josh Barnett, Kane Velasquez, Frank Mir, legends, just legends, man. 
Randy Couture. Nobody had defended the belt more than twice. Stipe Miocic in a era where there were actually a lot of heavyweights ended up defending the belt three times out of a camp that was not a heralded camp. So I'm going to be honest with you. I this this fight is against it was two legends, two guys with super crazy, you know, historic backgrounds actually going at it at their prime. So this is this is great to watch. Um, the fight kicks off and it looks like Steep is getting the better at DC. Seems a little bit more sharp. He's coming downhill, landing solid punches, but he ends up. He actually even won in some grappling exchanges, um, took DC off balance a little bit, but out of nowhere, it seemed as if DC started to find his groove. The crowd at this point was going completely nuts. Um, every shot you hear like chants going back and forth for one guy or another. And as the crowd continued to elevate and get excited, it seemed like the fighters were responding. And out of nowhere, DC started ripping combinations and almost kind of just walking Stipe down. Um, so a little bit of back and forth action and towards the end of the round, um, there was a moment where the, the guys clinched up. So it was a, they were in the clinch DC who earlier in the fight found himself in the exact same situation and he shot an uppercut with his right hand. Stipe looking as if he might have anticipated that happening again looked for the uppercut, uh, uppercut, 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 and got blazed by a huge right hook. Drops just folded down. Um, DC pushes his legs out the way, lands a couple huge uh, shots, ends the fight. Stipe is your heavyweight champion. Crowd goes bananas. He's throwing his arms up. There's an incredible image of DC with his arms in the air. Um, and he's uh, and, and John Anik, his uh, commentary partner in the UFC, is there. They made eye contact, and that's his boy. You know, um, they've worked together for about two or so years now. So you saw the moment they made eye contact and threw their arms up together, and it was so dope. And, um, at least for me, and this is me, um, and granted, I'm a Stipe fan. I felt bad for Stipe because obviously I'm, I'm a fan and I want to see him do well. And it sucks to see one of your, you know, favorite fighters take an L like that. But I'm more of a DC guy. And to see somebody who has gone through as much as DC has. And again, just a little bit about DC, which is just the type of duty is again. As a kid, I believe his pops got murdered. He ends up, which is just sad and dreary, and I, I bring that to show like all the ups and downs he's had. So bear with me. Pops gets 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 murdered. 
he ends up being in uh, through college. He went to Oklahoma State, becomes an All-American there. Um, loses uh, to Kale Sanderson in the as, as a heavyweight in the tournament. Does not w- become a national championship. Takes it out. Uh, he ends up becoming the... Um, Making the Olympic team. This dude makes the Olympic team. Uh, after he makes the Olympic team, he should win it. Ends up taking a loss. Comes in fourth. Doesn't medal. Goes back to the Olympics four years later. Ends up getting sick. Does not. It wasn't able to compete. Finally transitions to the UFC. Has early success. Drops down to 205. Meets John Jones. Tastes his first L. And um, then we know the rest of it. So to finally see him after all those ups and downs and ups and downs. Oh, and not to mention, he also, I believe, had a, a child pass um, it, like way back in the day, too. So that's cr- crazy and sad. And for him to pick himself up from that also. J- just to see him win this and know that now he has huge money with Brock Lesnar, which I'll talk about in a moment, but to have, you know, him, you know, in this situation with, you know, you know, he deserves it all, man. He deserves all the accolades and I could not be more happy for Daniel Cormier, man. Um, so what's next? Um, and really quick, let me just break the, the, the fight down a little bit more so I can bring up the numbers. Um, both guys, just really quick. Again, these are the top two uh, guys out there. Um, Stipe Miocic, had, before the fight, had a record of 18-1. and one, um, and or, I'm sorry, 18-2. and two. Daniel Cormier had a record of 20-1. and one. Uh, the stats themselves, uh, again, yo, this is only in one round. These guys are going at it, man. Um, uh, DC was 29 for 45. Stipe was 25 for 50. Dude, these guys were slinging and you can see it was a fight into the very last moment. So, uh, kudos to both of these guys. Um, one of the best fights, uh, especially at heavyweight that I have seen. All right, Uh, this fight was co-headlined, but what we all believed was going to be an epic heavyweight showdown between Derek, the Black Beast Lewis, and he was going to go against the number one ranked heavyweight contender, Francis Ngannou. This fight was billed to be... King Kong versus Godzilla. It was billed to be, you know... Goliath versus Goliath. It was anything but. Yo, snooze fest. Oh, dude. The fight, the only way and sound and just feeling I think we all had for the fight was. Bruh. One more time. It was such a trash fight. Uh, There was only a total of 25, 25 strikes landed the entire five round fight. Boo. 
the fight was trash. Um, I actually, I don't want to blame the, the, the two athletes. I mean, granted, there's nobody else to blame, but they both usually are in epic fights. So we'll give them <laughs> a little bit of a pass. But uh, yo, that fight was complete doo-doo. All right. So after that snooze fest, the next fight on the docket um, was actually a really entertaining fight. It was Paul, the Irish Dragon Felder versus Mike Platinum Perry. So uh, Paul Felder took this fight on short notice. Uh, He generally fights at 155 pounds. He's a lightweight, but he's a big lightweight. And um, he so he decided to take this fight at welterweight. Uh, on short notice. So uh, he ended up fighting Platinum Mike Perry, who has recently uh, moved his camp to Jackson Wink over in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So check this out. Uh, (laughs) Platinum Mike Perry used to, like, train kind of out of American Top Team, but it seemed like he kind of threw his own camp together, had, you know, his girlfriend holding pads for him and whatnot, uh, for him, should I say. And um, honestly, his everything showed. It showed that he was not developing. And once fighters were technical against him, and once he was starting to go up against some of the more technically sound guys out there, he was starting to take L's. He was exciting, so I don't think he was ever at risk to get um to cut by the UFC I mean he's a personality dude's great you know wild tattoos you know ridiculous haircut um he's a character and not only is he a character um he can scrap so he's somebody who is extremely entertaining and no matter what the UFC I don't believe is willing to get rid of him um but for the untrained eye or somebody who did not realize Buddy was going to uh, Jackson Wink, um, they would have. And originally, I'm not going to stunt. I actually went with Paul Felder until I realized that move happened. And this fight couldn't have ended up going any better. So let me just show you some of the numbers. Total strikes landed. Um Paul Felder landed 50% of his strikes being uh, 64 for 128. Mike Perry was 66 for 114. If you guys don't have your uh, percentages, that young brother was out there at 57%. And the other one was landing at 50%. These two ideally were just in a phone booth slinging. It didn't even matter. They were out there and it wasn't just, it was a technical brawl. And this is something that I didn't even realize till the next day. Paul Felder actually broke his arm and completed the fight and still got um, a split decision out of it. He took the L, he took the L, but he had a split decision and a lot of people thought that he won. I had Mike Perry, but people did believe that Buddy won the fight. Um, It was a really entertaining fight, and for me, it was my fight of the night. It was great. It was fun. And these guys, you know, you know, they went at it, man. No, no, none of their stocks should drop. 
neither of them um they should just both go forward from here it was that good of a fight man so salute to both of those gentlemen uh i believe they both got also received a performance bonus because uh that's that extra 50k um because it was such a dope fight man so salute to both of them all right the next fight on the card I had a vested interest in um, because one of my all-time favorites, Anthony Showtime Pettis, who um, was had seemingly come from you know a little bit of hard times. Um, a lot of people believe that he was past his prime. Uh, he won the belt a couple years back. Once, you know, the USADA and everything else uh, switched over, people, you know, it, it it didn't seem that he had the same fire as everybody else. And I didn't, I didn't bring up USADA to say I thought Anthony was onto anything because it's not true at all. I don't think so in the least. I think Andy Pet Anthony Pettis is clean and has always been clean. So I'm going to just say that. But um, it seemed like people got in his head. So he ended up losing his belt to Rafael Dos Anjos in a very rough fight. He was tough. It was, a, it was a competitive fight, but he definitely took the L. And for the first time ever, it seemed like he kind of got beat up. He started kind of focusing on wrestling, ended up losing his next couple of fights. Won one, lost one, and then um, ended up beating Jim Miller. So... Anthony Pettis finally said he was tired of listening to other people. He was tired of listening to the critics and social media. And he said, I want to get back to being Showtime, going out there and doing work the way he knows how to by striking and jujitsu. He's extremely dangerous and has a lot of finishes off of his back. And that is a skill set that most people don't have, um, especially a lot of strikers. A lot of strikers, if they do get taken down, they end up, you know, being in a precarious situation. They're kind of just looking like, you know, a turtle flipped on his back. It sucks and they end up taking L's. Um, but Pettis isn't like that. Now, when he was focusing on strictly wrestling, when he got taken down, he just look like a fish out of water he just ended up laying around and not doing much not working off of his back so it seemed like he might be missing something um yo let me tell you this he got it back against Micah Chiesa Mike Chiesa who is a bigger man and oh he also missed weight by two and a half pounds so Michael Chiesa misses weight and um being already the bigger man comes in there and is the favorite to beat Anthony Pettis. Um, goes out there and Anthony Pettis just from the onset does work. Uh, Michael Chiesa was able to get Pettis down for a quick moment, but Pettis quickly, boom, pops back up um, and brings the fight directly back to the center of the ring where he operates. So he goes out there and just lands a huge punch, staggers Mike Chiesa, um, goes to throw the flying knee that ends up taking uh, Chiesa to the ground. Um, Pettis ends up pulling guard, going for the guillotine. Michael Chiesa 
defends well, even though he's hurt, defends relatively well. And uh, Anthony Pettis transitions that to a beautiful triangle kind of armbar finish. Finishes the fight right there in the second round. Um, uh, 52 seconds in the second round, um, Anthony Pettis. Uh, Anthony Pettis looked awesome, uh, landed 13 to 26 for 50% of his, uh, his strikes, uh, landed 9 to 22 of his significant strikes, and attempted two subs. Um, Michael Chiesa, can't say anything about him right now. He misses weight, uh, he loses the fight, and seems as if his days at lightweight are done. So, uh, curious to see what happens with him at... Um, at uh, 170. All right, and uh, this last fight of the main card that I'm going to touch on um, before going to the tough finale that was actually on Friday night um, was Gokun Saki, the um, kickboxing legend, was fighting against Khalil Roundtree. Um, Khalil Roundtree actually ended up KOing Gokun Saki uh, a minute and 36 seconds in the very first round. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. Um, the the thing about some of these strikers uh, that they, they just don't respect some of these MMA guys. So he came in, I, I think he just didn't give Khalil Roundtree the respect he deserves, and Khalil could crack. He's a huge dude, uh, landed a huge, uh, you know, uh, strike straight down the middle, he ended up not taking a couple big shots, finished him up. So uh, congratulations to Khalil Roundtree. Um, beautiful performance by him. All right. Now, for me, this was one of my highlights for the weekend. I'm a huge fan of this guy. Um, Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, went out there and competed against Brad Tavares, um, who... You know, for those who don't know Brad Tavares, uh, I think he was a tough uh, winner himself at one point in time, but he's a beast at 185. He's on a tear winning his last four uh, fights. Um, Dude is a monster. And so people thought that this might be the fight where the hype train of Israel Adesanya stops. They thought this where it was going to be like the end of it. You know, um, even some of the quote unquote experts, um, said that, uh, they believed, uh, um, Tavares was going to be able to take down, um, Stylebender, control him, and just win the fight um, relatively easily. Um, could have been farther from the truth. Stylebender put on a show. Dude, he went out there and seemed like an established MMA vet. And here's the thing. We forget that Israel Adesanya has, what, 54 professional kickboxing fights at the top level fighting against some of the best uh kickboxers in the world we forget about that but um he went out there and let me just tell you some of these numbers in a five-round fight this is ridiculous he goes and lands 127 out of 223 strikes 56 percent he landed 119 of 215 significant strikes. So those are all of his power shots and big kicks. So that's 55% of those. Um, attempted one uh, submission. 
um, ended up getting up from um, uh, the, the one time he was taken down. And one thing that really impressed me about Stylebender in this fight um, wasn't that obviously his striking was better than anybody out there. Was that his patience wasn't phenomenal. Yeah, that was impressive as well. But what really, truly impresses me was his grappling defense, especially against the cage. Anytime Brad Tavares, who is the bigger, more physically imposing man, put Israel Adesanya had his back against the cage, Salbender used beautiful technique and just shook um, Tavares off. Use his hip placement, use quickness and footwork, and always just pivoted out the way. It was um, a beautiful thing to see and also made me really believe that Stylebender is ready for the top guys at 185. I would love to see him a fight against Chris Weidman. Uh, I would love to see him fight against... Man, um, Derek Brunson, those are the type of guys I want to see him against. Some of the more established veterans, uh, Bohashina, who, uh, you know, the racer, um, who I didn't really break down, who ended up beating Uriah Hall this past card as well. Um, I don't want to see him fight uh, Stylebender yet because I want to see them fight when they both have beat a couple of the legends. I want to see both of these gentlemen fight Jacare. I want to see both of these guys fight, you know, um, just the established crop of guys who are already there. So um, salute to Israel style, the last Stylebender Adesanya. Um, to me, he was the winner of the weekend along with uh, Daniel Cormier. Huge fan and uh, cannot wait to see him continue doing his thing. Hey, everybody. So our fighter focus today is the current king of heavyweight kickboxing, the reigning defending glory championship heavyweight champ with a record of 54 and 10, Rico Verhoeven. Here's your host, Sergio, for more on this week's fighter. All right, this week's fighter focus is the current king of heavyweight kickboxing, the reigning, defending, glory heavyweight champion, Rico Verhoeven, with a record of 54 and 10. His glory record is 17 and 1. Uh, check this out. This dude is an absolute monster. So not only does he have the accolades, He's crazy young, especially for heavyweights. Most heavyweights don't start doing work until they're in their 30s a lot of times. Um, Rico is in his mid-20s and is already the best guy out there. He's been dominating all the competition and he's not even making it look like it's difficult. It's actually looking pretty easy, so check this out. He's a champion, so he's a lot of times has, again, what, five rounds, right? His average fight time is only nine minutes. Check this out. In those fights, his knockdowns landed to knockdowns absorbed ratio is 10 to 1. So not only is he a big heavyweight, he's not really taking any damage. How crazy is that? You have a guy who is the heavyweight beast, right? This heavyweight king 
And he's out there, you know, moving and like slipping punches like a lighter dude. Um, uh, one of the cool things about him also, again, uh, dude, striking accuracy. As a big guy, he lands 53.36% of his punches. Rico is a legend in the making. We have to make sure you pay attention to this dude. And not only do you have to pay attention to him in kickboxing, Rico is also taking some fights in MMA. Can you imagine this dude as big as he is and as badass as he is as a kickboxer? He has been learning grappling. He is taking the time to, you know, learn all of the nuances and the small technique that it involves in actually being a full-time MMA fighter. Very similar to what Israel Adesanya has done. I am telling you, when you have these guys who Rico Verhoeven, Israel Adesanya, um, oh man, um, well, I'm not going to say it because he's my fighter focus for next week. So, ha! Uh, these guys are taking the time. They're legitimate martial artists. You know what I'm saying? They're out here, you know, taking the time. They've been kickboxers for an extended period of time. And then they're learning other martial arts. And they're taking the same type of focus and athleticism that they took to use those striking sports and applying them to everything else. I love what I'm seeing. I'm loving the new crop of fighters that are coming. So all in all, man, salute to um, Rico Verhoeven. Um, he is this week's fighter focus. Okay, you are listening to the Fight Podcast, and I am Serge Vicente. It's really great being here with you guys today. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. We're almost out of here, guys, but uh, we still have some great stuff to come. We still have some combat sports news, our IG poll results for the week, and my hot takes for the week. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Don't forget to support the show by checking me out on our website at the Fight Podcast. I'm sorry, (laughs) thefightpodcast.com and purchase merch right there today. Uh, They're flying off the shelves already. Uh, Hoodies are being sold. T-shirts are being sold. Grab them before they sell out. All right, fight news in the world of MMA. Uh, Brock Lesnar was at Brock. Brock Lesnar, the former UFC heavyweight champion. Brock Lesnar, the current WWE, like, super universe, extreme galactic champion or something ridiculous um he is officially back in the ufc and has entered the usada testing pool for six months and then he plans on competing against daniel cormier for an epic ufc heavyweight championship fight um check this out brock lesnar's record in mma period (laughs) 
is five wins, three losses, and one no contest when he pissed hot at UFC 200 and ended up, you know, beating Mark Hunt. So that fight is off the books. So he's five and three. Uh, His last actual win where he didn't get flagged for those Canelo tacos, a.k.a. PEDs, a.k.a. A-Rod bubble gum or whatever you want to call it, was in 2010 against Shane Carwin. Yo, 2010? I was still in college. Like, that was so long ago. And that's when Brock Lesnar was doing his thing? Seriously? Like, yo, 2010, I was definitely not in college in 2010. I I just realized that. I was definitely out of college in 2008. But regardless, it was a long time ago. And uh, Brock Lesnar has not really done anything since. So... I know people are, you know, oh, he's great and he's big and he beat this, you know, uh, Mark Hunt. But uh, let's not forget this. This game has evolved and Brock in 2010 also lost his title by first round KO to DC's training partner. Cain Velasquez, who, in my opinion, honestly, isn't even as good as Daniel Cormier. So this, even though I want to see it and should be an exciting fight, and it's probably going to be the biggest UFC card of all time, is strictly for the cash, which I get, especially for DC. He's 40 years old. He plans on retiring of March of 2019. So, yo, black man, get your money. Um, and right off into the sunset as one of MMA's greatest of all time. So I hope that this happens just so that, you know, Daniel Cormier rides off as a legend. Um, all right, more MMA news. Light heavyweight bout was just announced. Mauricio Shogun Hua, um, 25-10 uh, is fighting against Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith is on his legend killer <laughs> tour. Uh, he just got done knocking out uh, Rashad Evans and sent him packing. And uh, honestly, I think he's going to do the exact same thing to Shogun. Um, this fight uh, is going to be happening soon, so can't wait to hear that. All right. This weekend's fights, um, <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of noise in boxing recently, but there is, you know, some stuff coming up. Um, this week, and I'm going to talk about it, we have uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Lu- Lucas Matisse. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm torn. <laughs> I was going to say I'm excited about this fight, but it, it, it's more of a like torn, bittersweet kind of feeling. Um, so Manny Pacquiao is regardless on PD accusations, anything like anything else. And granted, do I believe at some point in time did, you know, this 
Do I believe he took steroids? Yeah, but I mean, it's neither here nor there right now. He, this is his last fight, and I'm assuming he's clean. It's whatever. So he's 59, 7, and 2 with 38 knockouts. He's 39 years old, and he's about to fight against Lucas Matisse, who's 39 and 4 with 36 KOs, fighting out of Argentina. Hey, Lucas Matisse is also 35, but I will say this. Lucas Matisse has been more consistent and is more so still in his fighting prime, unlike Manny Pacquiao. Um, Pacquiao is honestly who we all remember as this knockout-like god. Um, is on a 13 consecutive fight streak without a knockout and yo that was all the way back in 2009 so he hasn't dropped anybody since 2009 so honestly aside from the couple times he hurt jeff horn you his power doesn't seem like that knock you dead power anymore you know so uh, i'm curious to see what happens with that um, Lucas Matisse is making his first defense of his WBA welterweight title. Um, 30 of his 36 knockouts were in the first four rounds. Um, and Lucas Matisse in world title fights is four wins and two losses with four knockouts. And um, he's 1-0 as a welterweight. Um, he landed 44.4% of his power punches in his last eight, eight fights. Um, and he's also the former uh, WBC junior welterweight champ. Um, so both of these guys have pedigree. But Lucas Mestice is doing that damage now. Manny Pacquiao hasn't done that damage in nine years. Nine years. He hasn't put anybody down. So what I believe is going to happen is I think Lucas Matisse is going to get a fat paycheck. And um, I honestly believe that he is a more defensive, defensively savvy fighter with more knockout power right now. And I don't believe that Manny Pacquiao, who is known and has always been known to take chances, I do not believe Manny Pacquiao is going, I think he's going to take a chance and get caught um, within the first eight rounds of this fight. I see Lucas Matisse finishing this fight. So um, that's you know, the boxing fight of this weekend. Um, it should be entertaining. Um, we have a couple great ones coming up, like Regis Progress coming up and a couple other ones. So I break those down next week because uh, we have a couple big more fights coming up. Whoa, a couple more big fights. Definitely sounded like Yoda right there. Um, all right, this weekend, uh, the UFC Fight night um, in Boise, Idaho is Junior Dos Santos versus Ivanov. Uh, or man, I messed his name all up for him. Blagoy Aganov. So I'm really, really excited about this fight. And um, this is quietly an amazing card. Um, and for what I don't understand, and honestly, what I'm saying is that I really 
they said Boise is an amazing city so hopefully one day I'll be able to go to Boise and check it out so it seems like it's a great card in a great city and um, they said it's like the new Austin or something like that granted I've never been to Austin Texas either so hey who knows but let's just jump into it Junior Dos Santos is the number seven ranked heavyweight fighter in the world. He is 18 wins, five losses against the former World Series of Fighting heavyweight champ, the 16 and one, very dangerous, Blakoy Avanov. Avanov um, actually defeated the who a lot of people believe is the greatest heavyweight fighter, if not the greatest fighter of all time, Fedor Emelianenko in Fedor's thing. He actually beat Fedor Emelianenko in combat sambo. So this dude is legitimate, man. This fight is interesting. Um, here, the Vegas odds for this fight are uh, Junior Dos Santos uh, minus one eighty five. Uh, Ivanov is plus 160. Um, Ivanov, I, I mean, so yeah, Junior JDS is the favorite. I understand what people would say he's the favorite, but Ivanov has good and actually is above average striking. Both men lead with their boxing. Um, you know what? And I was looking at it. I'm going to be very honest with you. I really believe that... Um, Junior Gersantos has not done as well with people who can keep a pace. Um, I'm kind of split on this fight, but as of right now, I think I'm going to go ahead and lean with um, Aganov for his uh, UFC debut. I think it should be a very entertaining fight. I think he's going to struggle getting JDS to the ground. JDS has some of the best... um, grappling defense and takedown defense and heavyweight championship or heavyweight uh history um so i'm I'm really curious to see how it's going to work but in the same explosive kind of way that fedor has that same type of explosion so does um agonov so i think he's actually going to end up catching um uh, JDS in transition somewhere and end up winning by KO. So I can't wait to see that fight. Um, should be really good. All right. Uh, co-main event is Super Sage Northcutt versus Zach Otto. Uh, Sage Northcutt is the favorite minus 130 versus Zach Otto is the plus 110. I'm going to be honest with you. I have never been very um, impressed by Sage Northcutt. Um, the men, both of these guys last four fights. So uh, both guys are two and two in their last fights. But Sage is the smaller man, and he's finally moving up to 170. He's fast and explosive, but anytime there's been adversity in the past, he doesn't respond well. Um, he's the smaller man, and even in his last fight at 155 pounds, he got dropped twice. So... Zach Otto, who in his last fight ended up KOing uh, Mike Pyle, the legend Mike Pyle in his farewell fight, um, I think he's going to be way too big. I think he's going to be way too big. And not only this, in Sage Northcutt's two losses have been grappling. Um, Zach Otto's 
his strength is his jujitsu. He is a jujitsu black belt who is a bigger man who is not afraid, not afraid to engage. I don't see Sage getting anything off. Really, he's going to be quick and fancy and explosive in the beginning. But I think that the um, the bigger man Otto is going to end up winning um, that decision. So uh, yeah, I got Zach Otto that fight. Uh, next match is Dennis Bermudez versus Rick, Rich Glenn. So check this out. I am a huge Dennis Bermudez fan. Dennis Bermudez is Puerto Rican. I always cheer for my Puerto Rican people. I do. Mi gente, I'm all about it. Lo mio, I feel you. But I'm going to say this. Dennis Bermudez is at a crossroad fight. Both of these men are. Both of these men are two and two in their last fights. And um, or, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Dennis Bermudez is not two and two. Dennis Bermudez, um, Glenn is two and two in his last two, um, coming off of a win. And Dennis Bermudez is really on hard times. He's lost five out of his seven last UFC fights. Um, he's lost three in a row. And honestly, I don't see him winning this. Um, Glenn has beaten some solid guys. He's beaten some people who um, are were on win streaks. So I see him continuing those ways. And uh, unfortunately, I think this may be Dennis Bermudez's last fight uh, in the UFC. All right. This next fight, it should be a very good fight. Randy Brown versus Nico Price. Randy Brown is actually the favorite, uh, minus 125. Nico Price is a plus 105, so it's a pretty close fight. But um, both of these guys could be possible stars in the future. I like Brown in this fight in particular. Both men are aggressive strikers. Both men have decent grappling, and both men have fought decent level of competitions. I think that um, Randy Brown is a better striker. I think he's a better version of Nico Price. And I see him getting this job done with the cleaner striking. Um, so just he's cleaner through the striking. He's a little bit more technical. And um, when it comes to guys at 170 pounds, big physical guys who can sling leather, I'm telling you, man, it doesn't take that much to put somebody out. And when somebody's as as fast and as explosive as randy brown who is is a former um or he's a a person who was on the show dana white looking for a fight and uh it was a fantastic uh you know i love that show i've talked about it before here on the podcast um it was super fun. It's a great show, but uh, he's one of the winners who won in front of Dana White, so he's accustomed to fighting with some kind of pressure. Uh, his last fight, he went out there and beat Mickey Gall, who I am very high on. I think Mickey Gall is actually um, a guy who has a lot of potential and is going to be just a dog, dog in the future, and he's going to continue doing his thing, man. So I personally have Randy Brown winning in this very, very close fight. Um, now, this next fight is super interesting. The next fight is Chad Mendez versus Miles Jury. Um, Miles Jury 
great fighter. Um, Chad Mendez is the former um, UFC 145-pound featherweight title challenger. Um, he ended up uh, fighting twice against Jose Aldo and losing twice, but the second time having one of the most epic MMA fights of all time. He, um, he ended up coming on hard times, uh, taking a loss to Conor McGregor uh, for the interim title, taking an, another knockout loss to Frankie Edgar um, to get to the title. Um, and then uh, ended up popping for PEDs and had to take a two-year suspension. So, a little bummed out for Chad Mendez. But this fight against Miles Jury, Miles Jury, another guy fighting at 145 pounds, has fought up to 145 pounds, and is a really, really solid guy. Um, their records, and again, um, Miles Jury's the 12th, the number 12th rank uh, featherweight. Uh, Miles Jury's record is 17 and two. Uh, Chad Mendez's record is 17 and four. Um, but this should be fun, man. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I would like to believe that Chad Mendez is going to win this fight. Um, two years ago, Chad Mendez would have ran through Miles Jury. Two years off, I, I would like to believe that he is still the same guy. He is still a young man. Uh, he's still like, I think he's only like 30 years old. And now uh, he says his body's fresh and he's been working on new aspects of his game. And so if he is fresh and is just as, if not as more explosive as he was when he left, I'm totally convinced that um, Chad Mendez will end up winning this fight. So uh, can't wait to see it. Uh, last fight is uh, Marion Renault uh, versus Kaz Zingano. Uh, this fight's even money. Uh, it should be entertaining. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, Kaz Zingano has the skill set and I believe should win this fight. Um, but she has not showed up before. I am betting this time that she will. All right. This is the Fight Podcast, and I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and it's time for our IG story polls. Um, this week, the IG question um, of the week was, is Daniel Cormier, after his big heavyweight win, now the MMA GOAT? I was really curious about this. Um, a lot of people I've seen have said a lot of things. I saw a lot of things about John Jones and other stuff in the in in the uh, like the comments and everything else. So I, I was generally curious, and I wanted to know what people thought. So the people have spoken, and seventy five of seventy five percent of our listeners said that yes he is the heavyweight goat so i had to think about this and at first i was like no nah, i can't be but you think about it and i kind of have to agree it can be said gsp or dc because i can because i can count the guys who have been i can't count the guys who have been suspended. I can't count Anderson. I cannot count John Jones. Um, I can say they're in my top 10 or my top five, but I cannot give them the top spot. And that's just me personally. 
just personally. So, yo, in between the two, so if I think of George St. Pierre and I think of Daniel Cormier, they both have great resumes. So, yeah, man, you kind of have to give DC the nod, I think. DC, at this point in time, I can legitimately look at and say he is the greatest fighter of all time. Wow. Who's competed in the UFC who has not been flagged for some sort of performance-enhancing drug. That's what I'll say. <laughs> um, it's either him, though. I mean, there's always a conversation, but for me, there's always a, it's a rotating kind of pick between DC now, George St. Pierre, and uh, Demetrius Johnson. So it's good and uh, super, super uh, dope and very happy that we got the interaction with our uh, with our people. Um, this is the Fight Podcast, and here are my episode 21 hot takes. All right. First MMA super fight ever. So this this past week's uh, DC versus Stipe Miocic's fight was a super fight. And it was only around, it was a little less than five minutes. But that is what a super fight is supposed to be. UFC needs to make more of these happen. MMA, I want to see super fights. I want to see Rory McDonald's fight. Gegard Mousasi, which is happening. Thank you, Bellator. Second super fight. Those are the type of fights I want to see. I want to see TJ Dillashaw versus Demetrius Johnson. These are the type of fights that I really want to see. And I'm really excited that this finally happened. This is great. And uh, it was super fun to watch. Again, salute to both guys involved. It was a great fight. Stipe has nothing to hang his, hang his head about. Um, it was awesome. All right. Number two. If Manny Pacquiao loses, he needs to just give it up. Great career, nothing to be said about it. One of the best of his generation. He's done it all. He has nothing to prove. I do not want to see these legends continue going out there and getting beat up. It's not fun. It's fun to talk about, but it's not fun for me. It's not fun for anybody because I don't want to see my legends shaky and brain dead in 10 years. So, Manny Pacquiao, if you take this L, please quietly go sit down somewhere. All right. Number three. Yo, this past week was a great fight weekend. We have another great fight weekend. MMA and boxing have been doing just an incredible job, man. So everybody involved, yo, salute to all the organizations, PFL, UFC, Bellator, Showtime Boxing, uh, Premier Championship Boxing, all those, everything, is everybody. Um, keep putting on great shows. As a fan, I love this Dana White Contender Series. I mean, it's consistent, amazing fights. As a fight fan, as a fight nerd, as a fight junkie, you couldn't ask for anything better. So um, this has been great, man. 
All right. Um, this is about all I have for you today. I would like to thank Mo Usman for being on the show this week and make sure to check him out on uh, social media. Uh, next week, we have another exclusive interview lined up for you. So listen up for that, as well as what's going on in the rest of the combat sports world. This is Serge Vicente, and thank you so much for joining me today on episode 21 of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeastchicago.com apply promo code fight for 20% off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show by checking me out on the website thefightpodcast.com purchase merch is selling out quick and thank you again i will see you next time right here on the fight podcast peace out